Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to Stand Up For The Truth, and thank you so much for sharing our podcast. The numbers are looking much better, and it's all because of you on social media. Thank you for getting this message out there. All the guests we've had, it's been a blessing. So many people are bringing expertise and their wisdom, always from a biblical worldview. Well, let's open up in prayer as we always do. Father in heaven, thank you so much for giving us this day that you have made. We rejoice. We're glad in it. Great is your faithfulness, and your mercies are new every morning, Lord. And uh, thank you for giving us meaning and purpose every day that we are alive in Christ. We know that you have a job for us to do. We pray that you would lead us by your Holy Spirit. Thank you for promising to guide us into all truth. And we lift up this hour to you. We pray that not only would you guide our conversation today and encourage those who need encouragement and challenge those who need to be challenged, but also, Lord, that you remind us of the hope that we have in the midst of this pandemic and this so-called crisis uh, that we're going through in America and around the world. Uh, We thank you, God, that you are sovereign. You have have not vacated your throne and that you are in complete control. And uh, we pray that you would use these times to draw people to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, we uh, have a very special guest back with us today, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer. Uh, Hey, Dave, thank you so much for taking time with us again today. So excited to be on with you. God bless you. Thanks for having me. Well, you're very welcome, sir. I keep up with your uh, posts on your social media, especially on Facebook and of course, I know people tune into your podcast, uh, Coach Dave Live. Um, last time we had you on, it's been a couple months, I think, um, several mm-hmm. several months. And at that time, we were asking you about a lawsuit that uh, you were in the process of undertaking when it comes to the um, Super Bowl, if we remember back that far, to early February, the Super Bowl halftime show, which was a soft porn show with uh, J-Lo and Shakira and you filed a lawsuit, I believe, against NFL, Pepsi. Can you tell us what the status of that or what, what happened with that? Well, it's like everything else. Uh, yep, David, by the way, thanks thanks for rem- remembering that. And we are actively moving forward with that. But as you can imagine, everything got kind of sidetracked with this whole shutdown of America thingy, you know? <laughs> and so so we, we were right in the midst of that. And we've got, uh, we got our papers drawn up and we we're ready to move forward with it. And then all of a sudden, the whole coronavirus thing hit, and part of what we're trying to do is to, uh, you know, gather support and gather, uh, uh, in, have some have some impact. And we just felt our attorney just felt it right now that we fi- we file, and nobody's even going to know that we that we did it because it's not everything's being buried in in coronavirus. So we're we're strategically sitting, waiting for the proper time when things calm down a little bit to to come out with our. Um, with our, I don't want to say attack, but we're going to come out against against the NFL and some a few others. So we haven't done it yet. We got uh, all the pieces in place and are waiting for the perfect timing to do it. So an important story that affected millions of Americans during the Super Bowl that um, it may have caught some parents off guard when that uh, started flashing through people's TV television screens into their living rooms during the halftime show. But I think most people that were even remotely familiar with J-Lo and Shakira, they knew what they were in for. They knew what kind of entertainment we would probably have. But I think they took it a little, a couple steps even beyond what people expected. So what's disappointing is they have, it's not making the headlines. And because, as you say, and I want to get your take on what's happening in the country where religious freedom is concerned. But another story I want to get your perspective on, Dave, is Tara Reid. Um, for most people that don't know who she is, she uh, came to, well, she worked with Joe Biden when he was a senator, and uh, she uh, recently accused him of sexual assault. And this was a month ago, and she was in the media over the weekend. Uh, she was shocked because nobody in the media or Hollywood or anywhere else seems to be asking Joe Biden about the alleged assault. And she's saying this is a political agenda because if 
And and you and I know, Dave, if if she was a Democrat and the accusations were against a conservative, a Christian, or Republican, like what happened with Justice Brett Kavanaugh, it would be front page news all over. But they've buried this story, and there's something really hypocritical going on here. Would love to get your take on this. Where's the Me Too movement? Well, well, uh, we know this, don't we? That uh, America has a uh, a legal system. We don't have a justice system, mm, and it yeah, applies right. to more than more than than just to the political realm and to the to the legality of it. We we have uh, the seed of the serpent against the seed of the woman. The battle of the two seeds is playing out in front of us, David. And and really, what has happened is the seed of the serpent, as we see in Genesis, has seized control of all the positions of power in the United States. You can run right across. You can go through the education department. You can go through the, uh, you can go into uh, the courts. You can go into the media. You can go into entertainment. There isn't really not one area, including the church, brother, there's not one area of influence that is occupied by God-fearing Americans anymore. It just, it just is not. It's the reality of it. Yeah. So the battle that we see in every in every avenue where we turn, the battle is over truth. That's it's always been. Mm-hmm. We shall know the truth, and the truth, if you know it, shall set you free. So what, we, what we're seeing is we know how this game is, is rigged. We understand what happened with Brett Kavanaugh. We understand what happened with Judge Clarence Thomas. We understand the different treatment that Harvey Weinstein received as, as opposed to others. Yeah. And so what we're seeing right now is just, again, just an expose of this system and how it is, it is all tilted in one direction. As I said, a justice system, not our legal system, not a justice system. So if we see these, these discrepancies and these things going on, my attack is always the same. Why doesn't our team have an offensive unit? Where is the, where is the offensive Christian media who are, who set their teeth on this bone Hmm. and will not let it go until justice is served. So I always say the problem isn't the media. The problem, it's us, brother. It's Hmm. us. We allow this stuff to go on. This whole thing that was shut down now with this COVID thing. And, you know, we all take that seriously, but isn't it time that we demanded the government follow the law? I wrote a commentary last week said, what do we do when the government becomes lawless? And brother, that's really, that's really where we are. The government is lawless. The media is lawless. A lot of things, everywhere you look, it's lawless. It's tilted to one side. And uh, we're not getting a balanced treatment. We're not getting fair treatment. So we're going to have to do decide if we're going to do something about it or we're just going to roll over and continue to live in an unbalanced society like this. Uh, we're going to get to COVID-19 and the, and the shutdown, uh, economic shutdown, business shutdown in a few minutes, Dave. But you said so much uh-huh. in, in just those few uh, statements that I want to follow up on. There's so many things. First of all, it comes down to influence. Secondly, I think we have the answer to this question. Have we now, generally in America, accepted this blatant double standard in the media and Hollywood in our culture when it comes to these issues, when it comes to who's uh, the the politician that uh, cases are against? And you said something very important. We've been on defense, I think, maybe since the beginning of uh, the opposition in America, which could go back 50, 60 years. And we need to be on offense, storming the gates of hell. And I would love yeah. to get your get your take on that. I mean, the g- gates are defensive, and we have the sword of the spirit. I just want to let you go with that. <laughs> okay, so the so the scripture says this: "Occupy till I return." By the way, those were the words of our Savior, weren't they? Yes. Occupy. Yes. So if we let, let's just let's just settle in a minute, just on those words. If I if I go to a a concert, if I go to a football, if I go anywhere, I go out to eat, and I take my wife with me, and she gets up to go to the powder room, she'll look at me, she doesn't have to, but she would say, hey, honey, save my seat, right? Isn't that what you would do? <laughs> save my seat, hold my place here, please don't let another woman come and sit down here, all right? She doesn't have to say that to me because it's common sense. I know that she's not going to. Well, when Jesus left, what did he say? He said, listen, I'm coming back. And by the way, would you do me a favor? 
Would you hold my seat for me? Mm. Don't let somebody else come in here and sit in this seat, please. Will you hold on to this till I return? Well, that's just common sense. Of course I will, Lord. Of course I will. But David, we haven't. We mm. haven't. And, and the enemy has come in like a thief, the Bible says. He's come in like a thief, and he has seized what does not belong to him. And how's he been able to get away with it? He's been able to get away with it because those of us who carry the name of Christ have not done that most basic of things, held his seat, saved his seat. Mm. And what would his seat? Isaiah chapter 9, unto us the Son is given, right? Yes. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. He shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Hold this for me, boys. I'm coming back. Mm. And the church, for whatever reason, has neglected that, David. And, we, and we, we've pulled away. We said, you know, don't mix religion and politics. Don't, yeah. don't mix the sacred with the secular. All of those lies of the enemy as the enemy's come in and stolen. All the influence in all of our culture and society. That's right. Uh, I think of Ephesians 6, uh, Coach Day. Finally, uh, Paul writes, Be strong in the Lord. Put on the full armor of God. Why? Why would we need to put on full armor if we're s- sitting at home and, and s- or sitting on the bench, not getting in the game, not engaging in this warfare? Why do we need the armor of God? And I know I'm preaching to the choir here. <laughs> Between you and I, I think we see things the same way. I, I, I think of the Lord of the Rings when and I think in the the two towers when this um, massive evil army of Mordor was on the move toward Gondor and they're going to wipe mankind off the face of the earth and after being warned about the enemy advancing Aragorn encouraged the king to ride out and face the enemy and Theoden who's the king of Rohan remember he said I will not risk open war it's famously how we I use this example very seldom do I use movie or TV examples. He, Aragorn replied with truth. He said, open war is upon you whether you would risk it or not. And here, Amen. here we are as the church. Open war is upon us. The enemy has taken ground. And there have been times, Dave, I think, where we have surrendered ground willingly or unknowingly, but because we're not fighting the good fight of faith. Well, we've lost the whole idea of kingdom mentality. In kingdom theology, I mean it this way, David, because you can, you know, this gets a, this opens up a whole avenue of discussion. People talk about seven mountains and all that kind right, of stuff. Right, right. Listen, listen, folks. We have made Christianity in America today mm. nothing more than personal Christianity. I get saved. I follow the law. I obey His laws. I get to go to heaven. Now. I mean, that's an aspect of it, isn't it, brother? But that's, I, I, listen, I didn't get saved to sit on the couch and wait to go to heaven. Mm. That's, not, that's not why. He said, I was the salt of the earth. I've been the light of the world. He said, what did he say? He said that I'd been crucified with Christ, and nevertheless I lived. But not me. Christ lives within me. And in my life that I now live, I live by the grace of the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. So I am a walking dead man. My salvation is about my occupying and advancing the kingdom of God. Mm. But we've taken Christianity, we've made it personal. And I tell people, do you want to know what what your theology is? All you have to do is take a great examination of your own prayer life. And when you get into your own prayer life, if you got up this morning, folks, and you prayed this morning or you prayed before, whatever— are your prayers focused on you, mm, yes. on you and yours and your family and protect this and Lord, protect this and Lord, provide this for me and Lord, cover me. On and I'm not, I'm not against all that stuff, David, because I believe that's all there. But how often are we really and truly actively engaged in this spiritual war and focusing our prayers to actively get involved in that against these forces of darkness, these the weapons of our warfare, not carnal, but mighty, what? To the pulling down of strongholds. What are those strongholds? Are they just personal strongholds? No. Or are there strongholds in this country? Yes. Are we getting light, light to by our government? Are they telling us, are they scaring us of an invisible virus? Is the virus real? These are strongholds. The king, Psalm 2 says the kings of this world conspire against the Lord and his anointed. Mm-hmm. Well, two questions. Who are the kings of this earth? And 
Who are the Lord's anointed? Because that's where the battle is, isn't it? But unfortunately, we've made this debate in Christianity just about me and my and ours, and we've taken no responsibility for the culture that's around us, which Jesus said to occupy till I come back. Yes, I agree, and we, we've made it about us. Guilty, myself included. I pray for my needs, my family's needs, and but there was a model that Jesus uh, shared with his disciples, and if we can follow that, he said, pray thy kingdom come, thy yeah. will be done. And are we, what, what are, how do we expand on that prayer? What is God's will being enacted, enforced, carried out in this earth, on this earth as it is in heaven? Of course it's not, and not even close, because we're taking care of our own individual churches and, and worried about growth and numbers and entertainment and and uh, I know I'm preaching, you know, here. Well, David, he said, <laughs> I got to stop. He made, it, no, it's, man, he made it so simple. He yeah. said, come on, man. <laughs> if, if God is right here, I'd like to make a movie and, and get a different interpretation of Jesus in that movie, right? Because he said, listen, man, look at the birds. Look at the birds. Why are you begging all the time for food? Look at the birds. He said, they're not praying for that. Yeah, their Heavenly Father provides all of this stuff, right? And David, what do we spend all of our time doing? What's up? I dropped my phone. I'm sorry. That's okay. What What do we spend all of our time doing? I dropped my We spend all of our time praying for stuff that he said he's going to give us anyway. Yeah, he's he going to provide what? anyway. He, he says, what, what father, if a kid asks for some bread, gives him a stone? He said, you think you're nicer than me? You think you care about your children more than I care? Come on, man. So he said, these things that you're praying, spend all your time been praying for, they're provided for you anyway, because I, I, I do it for the birds of the air. Hmm. So in other words, if we would understand that he empowers us to go do things to advance his kingdom, but well, we've totally lost that kingdom mentality in Christianity, sad to say. Uh, so, Coach, you had a, um, or did you have a podcast this morning, a Coach Dave Live show this morning? Oh, we had a great one, man. Yeah, we you, what did you, we've got three minutes before we have to take a break, but what did you talk about? We've been talking about the fear and our obligation, and why did Jesus come, and why did Jesus save you? And the responsibility, the problems we see in America, folks, every problem you see, I don't care what it is. Every problem you see right here in America, it is a problem that the church has permitted. Everything, the abortion mm. clinics are open with permission of the church. Yes. Gay marriage is operating with permission of the church, right? Mm. Yep. Everything we see, our schools have been given, given over to the devil with permission of the church. Because what? We no longer occupy. The government has been given, been given over to the devil with permission of the church. And now we see that the devil is making the rules that... God's children are supposed to follow. Brother, that don't even make sense. But that, that's exactly where we are. So we went after that today and took him to the Scripture and showed him what Jesus himself and what Paul said. Paul, the guy, Romans 13, who told us to obey the authorities, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament from jail for heaven's sake. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yes. <laughs> I mean, he didn't take his own advice. And we're supposed to be following ungodly rulers all the time. Well, Paul, you didn't set a very good you're a hypocrite, dude. You didn't set a very good example. So, so it's all theological, and it's you know, it's there's a lot of reasons why this has happened to us, and I don't, you know, I can't explain it all in three minutes. But uh, it's a great show. They're all good. <laughs> well, we'll put the link to your podcast in uh, today's notes at StandUpForTheTruth.com in our podcast. We are going to talk about that when we come back, because um, we, although we have not been told not to preach in the name of Jesus, we are definitely limited as far as when it, even when it comes to gathering. But we are also going to talk about something you uh, mentioned, you alluded to, the sexual uh, deviance agendas are advancing. They do not need, the left does not need the public schools to get reach our children. They need the internet and parents who aren't paying attention. We'll talk more about that, plus what's happening in Ohio and across the different states in the Midwest with these shutdown orders when we come back with Coach Dave on Stand Up For The Truth. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Special guest today, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, and you can get more info at CoachDaveLive.com. I want to share a scripture before we continue our conversation. Uh, 2 Timothy 2, verses 3 and 4 
Paul writes, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Coach Dave, uh, he also writes to the Corinthians, we are ambassadors for Christ, but some believers, in fact, I don't want to say most, but a lot of Christians in America now, most people around them that see them, that work with them, they don't even know they're believers. So how can they be ambassadors and represent Jesus Christ? Or a piggyback question upon that one is, very simple question, what does a soldier do? Good. Yes. Yeah. What does a soldier do? Paul said we were soldiers. Isn't that what he said? Yeah. Now, do so, do soldiers sit at home in their house and protect their family? Is, is that what soldiers do? No. No, it, it isn't. Soldiers are what? They're frontline warriors. Mm. They're supposed to do what? They're supposed to advance a kingdom. Thy kingdom come. See, uh, this makes people nervous. When people say to me, Coach, you just need to spend more time sharing the gospel. And I said, well, wait a minute. What gospel would that be? And then they're drawn back a little bit. Because if you go into Matthew 3 and Matthew 4, where Paul, I'm sorry, John the Baptist is called into ministry, he goes forward and he is preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. Look it up, brothers. Look it up. Go. He advanced. The, from that point on, he began to preach Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand, right? A yes. kingdom. Mm. What is a kingdom, and what does a kingdom say? And the Lord said, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. What does it look like? And then you go to where Jesus begins to preach in, Ma- in Matthew chapter 4. His first sermon, what does he say? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. What does a kingdom have? Well, a kingdom has a king. It has soldiers. It has an army. It has rules and regulations. And so we've got to understand that this kingdom that is coming, by the way, the Bible says the kingdom is within. Mm. Doesn't it say that? Yes. The kingdom is within you, right? Right. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I had I heard somebody say the other day, it was so sad, David, it was so sad. They said, well, coach, it looks like all we can do is pray. I thought, how pathetic! How pathetic! We serve a king. Mm. We're part of a kingdom. We're, we're serving a returning conqueror. And all we can do is pray. It's because we've lost this mentality of the fact that we do serve a conquering king. People say, my kingdom's... Jesus said, my kingdom's not of this world. People say, we're just passing through. Well, if that's true, why did Jesus say, thy kingdom come on earth? as it is in heaven, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, man, this is, so much, this is so much deeper than we understand. And we think it is righteous when we turn the other cheek. Jesus only said that once, and he only did it once, and he was talking about personal offense, a personal offense. Don't go to war over a personal offense. Mm-hmm. Turn the other cheek. But uh, when, when, the, when, the, when the truth is under attack, then we need an army of soldiers who are going to go Promote, defend, and advance the kingdom. I, I played on my show yesterday the song, um, um, I, the Battle Hymn of the Republic. Oh. You, folks, you, you, you glory, want, glory, you hallelujah. About, you want to talk about a Christianity, just sit down and play that song mm. and listen to what they're talking What? His truth is marching on. Amen. Hey, David. Is it, is it still marching on? Or mm. is it get roadblocks somewhere? What, what's going on here? I'm not sure we're marching. No, well, and, the mar- and but brother, that's the significance too, right? They're not they're not just moseying on along; <laughs> they're marching yes. on, right? Marching a military idea, marching on. Mm-hmm. And so again, it's just a rethinking in, in this modern society that we <clears throat> that we live in. We think Jesus was Mister Rogers, just go along to get along, guy. Don't make waves. Love your neighbor. Be nice to everybody. Man, that's just one element. See, that's what my grandchildren think of me. They think I'm grampy. <laughs> I'm this happy guy. I give them candy. They sit on my lap. I bounce them. They love being around. But you know what? I step outside my door. They see a different side of Grampy. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, more Well, uh, more balanced. We need to see a more balanced Jesus. I noticed in the beginning of, yes. of, of what you just shared, you used the R word, Coach Dave, repentance. 
You use the R <laughs> word. R, now, let me ask you this, and I know, I know the answer, but I want to get your take on it. Do you think, um, in general, too many uh, churches and pastors in America are just kind of selling the gospel short in, 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 the, in a way that we're, we're taught to kind of cater to ourselves when Jesus said, deny yourself? Mm. Well, can I, can, can I, let, let me take you down this road, because I think this is more, even more serious, uh, David. Sure. Uh, I, was ta- I was talking on my show the other day, and I'm not trying to pump my show, but uh, we talked about repent, because everybody says, you know, America needs to repent. If we could just get us, if America would just repent, and I, you know? Well, the church said, needs yeah, to. That, that, the church needs to repent, but yeah. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Here's our problem. We want to repent over things that we have done. That's what the average person does. Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done this. I got mad. I had a lustful thought. I'm sorry. But you know what, David? The Bible says that the sin of omission mm-hmm. is just as deadly as the sin of commission. And I said to the folks on our, on, who are listening to, to the show, when is the last time you gathered in your church, you gathered with your family, and you prayed to the Lord for forgiveness for things that you didn't do, things you know you should have done? Wow. The Bible says for you to know to do good and not to do it, to you it is sin. It does say that, doesn't it, David? Yes. It does say that. Mm-hmm. And so we're spending a lot of time wasting a lot of time and effort and energy on sins, apologizing for things that we did. When I'm wondering if the Lord didn't have to just tapping his foot, looking down at us and say, yeah, but man, I put you here to stop this and stop this, and stop this. And you didn't do it. You, you didn't. Why didn't you do it? You, you serving, you're afraid to make somebody mad. You're afraid you're going to get in trouble. You're afraid you're going to offend people. They're going to throw you out of truth. What are you afraid of? See, you're serving fear. You're not serving me. Think about that. Isn't that the truth? Most of us do not do the hard thing for fear of what it might cost us. We might have to pay a little bit of a price. We don't have any skin in the game. That's what that's what we ought to cry out to the Lord about, brother. Yes. Lord, I'm so sorry. You know, Revelation twenty one eight. Brother, this this I got a rock right out here. My I, I preached this sermon one time. And my wife went out and had, had it emblazoned on a rock. I'm step walking out my door right now. That when you pull into my driveway, this rock is here, David. And here's what this rock says. It's Revelation 21.8. And you know what it says? He that overcometh shall inherit all things. Hmm. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and the unbelieving, cowards go first, brother. Where? They go into the lake that burneth with fire and brimstone. I'm looking at it right now. Revelation 21, 7 and 8. The Mm. fearful and the unbelieving. And you know why we're in the mess we're in? Because we have a fearful, unbelieving church. Yes. It's done. Hey, Dave, I I just spoke at one of these rallies on Saturday. I said, you want to know the problem? Look around. It's you. You're the problem. I'm the problem. It's us. Everything that's going on here, we let it go on. Mm-hmm. Can't blame the devil. Yeah, We're not ignorant of his devices, right? Yeah. We we let him do it. Yep. Uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer famously said, "Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. Not to speak is to speak. <laughs> not to act is to act." And I'm going to transition now into these stay-at-home orders during the coronavirus. Different governors are taking their uh, power to, uh, I think, unnecessary levels. Um, looking at Iowa, they didn't shut down. I'm looking at other states around Wisconsin. Ohio's not. There's you're a couple states over from us, and Wisconsin has something like 240 some deaths due to the coronavirus. Ohio has 610 deaths due to the coronavirus. It says that your governor is looks like May 1st is uh, the start of opening up businesses. You were just at a rally, by the way. Ours is May 26th, and we've got the lowest deaths in any the, any of the six seven states around us. But that's for another time. I want to talk about Ohio. You went to a rally. You're going to another one today. Tell me about the atmosphere. You said uh, spiritual leaders, Christian leaders, pastors weren't necessarily there, but the people showed up. Just share why it's important for people state to state across the country to just show up, because we do want to get things moving again. Well, we're sheep without shepherds, unfortunately. Mm. The Bible tells us about that, right? Yeah. And, you know, I saw... 
my eyes really opened up to something, uh, David, about a month ago when we hit, when a guy I know uh, died from coronavirus. And it was in the paper. He was an older guy. Mm-hmm. Most people who die are older. They have other they have me- other medical issues. See, there's a difference, friends, be- between dying with coronavirus and dying because of coronavirus. All right. Well, can you explain most that? People, yeah, most people they're finding out that when if they do a they do an autopsy, which a lot of them aren't, but if they do an autopsy afterwards, they find out that they had the coronavirus. They they got it. But it was, that's not what killed them. They killed because they, they were overweight or they had diabetes or they had a heart condition. And the coronavirus simply aggravated a condition that they already had. And mm-hmm. so this local guy, when he died, it said, it was amazing. I was reading the obituary in the paper, and it said that he died from complications from coronavirus. Oh my goodness! Now huh. I, I listened to I listened to words, brother. Right? Yes. I said com- complications from coronavirus. What is that? What's well, exactly what I said? And you know what we're finding out going on, David? Is they're calling anybody that they find that dies? They're saying it was coronavirus, and it's that's just not the truth. Now we well, listen. I'm not making light of the virus. People are. This is clearly causing people to die it clearly is but it is not the coronavirus that's killing them it's some pre-existing condition aggravated by the coronavirus let's say it's just the flu let's say let's say the coronavirus is just the flu and so you have lung problems or you have a heart condition yeah whatever you're overweight you're already a little bit not real healthy and all of a sudden it's coronavirus gets you and it attacks your immune system and you're already so stressed in your immune system that you're not able to fight it off. Well, David, they call that being killed by the coronavirus. That's just not true. That's just how the devil would operate. Give you a little bit of the truth, right? Mm -hmm. Some of the truth, make it look good enough. And so I, I don't trust any of the statistics nor believe any of the statistics. I believe the coronavirus is killing people, but I believe there is a larger issue at work here and uh it has to do again with psalm 2 this kings of this world inspiring against the lord and his anointed i can't imagine for the life of me a situation where right here in ohio abortion clinics are open still but i can't go i can't go to the dentist yes you hear what i just said yes abortion clinics are essential quote unquote that's right and i can't go to the dentist Mm. my wife can't go get a haircut Mm. right Right. There's something very, very nefarious. Going wow. On and again, again, we as Christians, we've been taught to, you know, to obey our government and love our neighbor. And we want to do the right thing. Well, what do we do when our government's lawless? What do we do when they're giving us phony statistics? What if we know the deep state is real? What if the deep state is the one that's manipulating all of this? I'm just throwing the question out. I don't know. Yes. I don't know. Something's not right here, brother. Yeah, we need to to talk uh, about—we're going to have to do this the next uh, segment—about the sexual deviance, the agendas that have been in public school curriculums but now are being sent home with the kids, and now kids are Mm -hmm. on on the Internet all day at home. Um, We're going to talk about that in a minute. i got a great article from Linda Harvey, who's from Ohio, Mission America. She's a buddy of mine. Yeah, Linda's a buddy of mine. Yep, so we're going to talk about that because uh, the the left and the LGBTQ lobby, they haven't stopped pushing their agenda. They're just not at this moment using the public schools to do it. They're still trying to do other ways. But I want to get back to something you shared about the stats and the deep state and just your, your thoughts on we may never get the truth out of China. We might we might never find out exactly what happened, and what their if they had an agenda, which most of us believe they probably did, because their economy was tanking. There were protests over in Hong Kong, and America's economy was was through the roof. We were doing great. And what if you're a communist regime, a dictatorship that really doesn't value human life, and you're willing to sacrifice, you know, hundreds or thousands of your own people? in order to recalibrate the world economy, so to speak, would, uh, wouldn't you do that? Am I seeing things wrong, Dave? Well, why would we believe, folks, this is so easy, the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman. They're two teams. Say the that Lord again? has a team. The Lord has a team, seed of the woman, and the devil has a team, seed of the serpent. And Jesus said, 
you either gather or you scatter. Hmm. You are either for me or you are against me. If you are not on the Lord's team, you are on the devil's team. It's Amen. very, very close. You get adopted out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. It's two different football teams, if you will. Now, we know this, don't we? Communism is godless, godless, Christless. Why would we believe anything non-believers tell us? Why would we? Why, why would we? And so we have godless government in China giving us statistics about a virus, and we're believing it. Huh. We're believing their statistics, right? Interesting. Yes. And if we again, if we look at it from a world domination, Psalm 2, kings of this world conspiring against the Lord and the anointed, and see at the seat of the serpent, and the seat of see two football teams on the field against each other. That's that's a, the, the most easy picture I can tell everybody. God has a team, and the devil has a team. And can I tell you the truth, David? Most of God's team are sitting in the stands. Hmm. They're spectators. They're eating popcorn and drinking Coke. Wow. And they're not actively involved in the battle. Thinking what? This gets into theology. Yeah. We're not going to be here long. This is what the Lord said it would be like at the end. The end must be coming. Don't fight against a, a coach. Just share the gospel. Don't fight against this. The Lord said it was going to be like, man, oh, man, oh, man. I would tell our football team, I used to be a football coach. I'd say, listen, I want you guys to know something. I watched the last two minutes of the film just as closely as I watched the first two minutes. Because I want to know at the end of the game who's quit and who hasn't. And if we're, if we're losing this game and I see on that film, that you're not playing hard, that tells me everything I need to know about your character. So here we are when this battle of battles is breaking out before of us, and most of us are sitting on the stands, not even involved in the Some of us aren't even watching. Mm, wow. Most are not involved in any way, shape, or form. Well, when you put it, it that way, I think when, when you painted the picture of us being on a team, there's Satan's team, and they're advancing an agenda. Definitely, they're taking over, you know, institutions, and they've covered a lot of ground. And, and the team of Christ, the ambassadors, the soldiers of Christ, the church. When you put it that way, I'm thinking, wow, we've got so much work to do. We have to talk. We have to take a break and we'll talk more about that. Well, David, we... hey, 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 hang on a second. Oh, go ahead. Told us to occupy. Yes. Go ahead, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Occupy until he returns. Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, we've got uh, a little bit more time with you. We will have to talk about um, some things that Linda Harvey put out as just concerning for parents and of young children. Uh, we'll do that when we come back on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. We're on the line with Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer over in Ohio. Uh, we're fighting this uh, good fight in the Midwest, trying to battle for, well, just for the Lord Jesus. And um, that we find out that so many people are not in the game but one area where we've really dropped the ball, Coach Dave, is the public schools. I think most Christian parents would say, yes, we understand that. They're fighting. They're trying to figure out what the answer is to that. But Linda Harvey made it clear in an article. She just wanted to remind Christian parents now that just because the kids aren't in the school building doesn't mean their agenda is not continuing to advance. The Human Rights Campaign is the, they want to be entitled, right? They sent out an e-blast, and they were saying the LGBTQ community is marginalized. They're limited to uh, they have limited access to health insurance, and the message that it's everyone's responsibility to provide for all LGBTQ uh, community and others, gays, lesbians, transgenders, make sure they have health insurance, and they don't even mention the high-risk lifestyles and. They're, they're, this, they tried to slip it into these virus relief bills to cover, quote, gay entitlements. I would just love to get your take on that, Dave. Well, again, the, it's change the words, change the world, right? And the left is great at using words. Human rights campaign. Now, brother, who can be against that? Yeah, right. Who could possibly be against that, right? Human rights. But now, I don't know. I don't know about you. See, I got into this whole debate with the, the entire Obamacare, going back into the Obamacare thing. And I said, listen, uh, personal responsibility is paramount here. I don't know about you, but I have car insurance. 
And if I get a speeding ticket, they raise my car insurance. And why do they raise my car insurance? Or, heaven forbid, I would get a DUI, DWI. They would raise my insurance, or I may not be able to get it. Why? Because they would consider me to be a high risk. Mm. Yet, HIV, you have HIV, you're not high risk. Well, yes, you are. Oh of course goodness. you're high risk. But you, but everybody gets treated the same, doesn't it? Yeah. So, so again... The human rights campaign, those folks love to ignore behavior, brother. Yep. See, homosex, heterosex is behavior. You can say you were born that way. You can say what you can think, say you think you, you're a man and you want to be married to a dog. You can say all you want to, but the sex act is, brother, it's a choice. Mm. It's, a, it's a choice, right? Yeah. So they're they're asking us to fund individual choices and telling us it's a human right. Now, Alan Keyes, I'm not dropping a name, but Alan Keyes said something to me one day I will never forget. He said, Coach, you just got to read the, the Constitution. The Declaration is very, very clear. So that we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. He said, Coach, there is no right to do wrong. I thought, oh my goodness, are you kidding me? Wow. Love Alan no, Keyes, by the way. He says, if you do wrong, what do they do? They arrest you. They fine you. There is not an inalienable right to do wrong. Mm. But human rights commissions, they ignore that, don't they? Yes, they do. See, human rights commissions say you can do whatever you want to do. And, and so there again is a is a failure of the gospel to say, listen, behavior has consequences, mm -hmm. and if you want to engage men having sex with men, there's going to be consequences to it. You say you're free to do it, uh, we don't agree with it, but the court said that you can't, okay, but there's going to be consequences for that behavior. And we just don't want to do that anymore, right? We just don't want to do that. We right. don't want to take the harsh stand. And that's, that's really what's happened to us. Well, this kind of comes full circle now, Coach Dave, because now I want to talk briefly about primetime television because the human rights campaign, they award and reward corporations who sponsor these television programs that all have gay and lesbian and transgender characters now, and they have taken over primetime television programming. They're extremely influential in Hollywood, and the human rights campaign gives these companies and these networks and these television shows awards for having the most the majority of gay characters or the most references to homosexual or whatever and they're awarding this now and we have just let that happen go ahead well how about that brother who where does the human rights campaign get their money where does the world health organization boy it sounds good doesn't it yeah. world health organization. who would want world health money? yes yeah well it's my money isn't it? Uh, isn't it my money that's yep, funding the World money. Health Organization? Yes. Isn't it my money that's funding the human rights campaign? Yeah. So they're forcing me to give money to to believes organizations, forces that go in conflict to my faith. And at what point do we again, as Christians, stand up and say, sorry, I'm not going to do that. Am I going to be able to stand in front of the Lord? And the Lord says to me, hey, hey, coach, I've noticed when you're down there on earth, you were a big talker about abortion. Yet, coach, you kept funding it with your tax dollars. And what am I going to say? Well, Lord, uh, you know, Lord, I knew it was wrong, but the government told me that I had to. And the Lord's going to say, what? They're killing babies and you're paying for it? And you think it's okay? That's where we are. See how confused we are? Well, how confused we are? Not only that, people that are not Christians, people that are not believers, people that aren't even conservative. There's a poll that came out I, within the last five years. 80% of Americans, and you know there's a lot of unbelievers in there, do not—they oppose taxpayer funding for abortions. They're not necessarily concerned about what's happening in the abortion clinic and in, in the big business there. They're right. concerned about their taxpayer dollars going to something they, they don't approve of. That's right. That's right. Yep. That's right. And, and so let's bring it, let's bring it real close to home. In your, Christian, in your public schools, do they teach the values of Christ to your children 
in the public schools. Of course not. Yeah. And I think the answer is, of course not. Right. So I would say, can you tell me something, Christian? Why do you allow your tax dollars to do that? And would you go buy a lawnmower from your local hardware store and bring it home and find out that it only works in water? It's a, it's a lawnmower that you cut grass in the pond with. <laughs> and you say, well, that's, that, that's not what I that's not what I want. I say, sorry, we're the government, and we've decided that's the lawnmower that we're going to teach you to use. They, that's what they've done to us, David. Wow. So they, have take, they take our tax dollars, and they take our children, and they teach our children values that we would never teach in our own home, and then they send us the bill. Can you think of any other biz, business where you would be able to get away with that? That sounds like a Ponzi going, scheme. Brother, you go, can you imagine going to a hamburger joint? And they give you lobster. Now that might be good, but I didn't order lobster. I don't. That's why we. That's what the. That's what Congress decided you should have. You should have. Well, the other way around. You go to get lobster, and they give you hamburger. Yeah, go to a steakhouse, and they give you spam. Yeah, right. Uh, you wouldn't put up with that. Hey, uh, but co- they're doing that. Coach, Coach Dave, we got four minutes left with you. I just wanted to get to this one more story, at least one more. We'll see how much time we have. But over in Cuyahoga County, Ohio. You were speaking mm-hmm. of values before. Uh, pro, you know, the left has values. People value abortion. People value um, homosexuality. People value socialism. A pro-family activist mom affiliated with Ohio Value Voters discovered that there's a website out there called 216 Teens. It's run by this county board of health or funded by the U.S. Department of Home, or, um, Health and Human Services. They are promoting obscene, comprehensive sex education. This is online. It's not through the public schools. This is online. In a tweet, actually on Instagram too, I believe, um, last month, they wanted to make sure kids were taking advantage of this shutdown. You know what they encouraged kids to have? A supply of birth control, emergency contraception, and condoms. There was no mention of uh, wearing masks, social distancing. The post was on Twitter and Instagram. And even though this was in Ohio, even though the Cleveland area at that time when this went out had the most COVID-19 cases in Ohio, and they're putting this stuff out there. And this, so a warning to parents, they are reaching your kids through the Internet and through these websites. And it's not even though the public schools are closed down. Well, David, it took me a long time to understand this. In fact, it's only been in the last few years that I've come. We've been misusing words. We've been use, misusing the word moral, morals, and say, whose morals are we going to teach? Kids don't have any morality. Well, yes, they do. Yes, they do. In fact, the left teaches morals. Mm-hmm. The left believes that teaching children how to masturbate, pardon me, the left thinks that's, that's good. Yeah, good, they healthy, normal. Yes, that's what they do. That's right. So they think they are moral. They think I'm immoral because I don't want children to learn that in school. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So we got we have to move away from the from the word of moral and we have to turn to the word ethics. Is that ethical? ethical? In yes. other words, is that something all of us agree that we should teach children? Not morals because we're finding out there's all kinds of morals, right? But ethics. Is this is this a group of beliefs and behaviors that we as a, a society and a community have decided we want to teach our children? Mm. So, again, they've seized the word morals and morality, and we're behind the eight ball. We yes. don't keep up with their changes, right? So all of these things. I, I believe this, David. I believe Hillary Clinton. I think she thinks she's doing the right thing. Yeah. I think, I think James Comey thinks he's doing the right thing. That's where his moral value system takes him. So does Nancy but Pelosi when, and so that's do, uh, right. George Soros, that's right. and you go on yeah. down the list. So it's not a battle of morals because everybody's got morals, right? It's a battle of over ethics. So the battle we have here in Ohio, i got to get this in real quickly, about this shutdown that we've had here in Ohio and can't go to work and all that stuff. The question is not, David, should we shut down the government? The question is, can the government shut us down? That is so critical. Mm. That is so critical. The government can ask me to close my business, but they can't tell me to. Why? Because they don't have the authority to do that. And if we let them get away with overstepping their authority, 
just like your kid. He comes in late at night. You told him to be home at 9. He comes in at 10 after 9, and you wink and nod. Next thing you know, it's 9.30 and then 9.45, and you didn't hold him accountable at 9 o'clock. Hmm. Well, here we are in Ohio, and the governor looks around and says, my goodness, this is amazing. We just told everybody to stay home, and they're going to do it. What <laughs> will it be like the next time? Wow. So that's why we have to understand the importance of this. We have now set a new standard. Yes. We now set a standard here in Ohio that the governor can close down businesses. The question is, where does he get the power to do that? Where does he get the authority to do that? That's the debate. Yes. Not whether it's right or wrong. But does he have the authority to do it? And in 40-some states in the country, we have given that power to our governors and uh, local governments to do that. And we're in in unprecedented times. Um, We are, fortunately, if you look at Bible prophecy, things aren't falling apart. They're falling into place. We've heard that said many times before. Uh, Coach Dave, uh, we'll have to have you on again. There's so much more to catch up on. But uh, God bless you, brother. Appreciate your work and especially the encouragement today to get Christians on offense instead of always on defense and in the game being that salt and light. CoachDaveLive.com. Thank you so much for being with us today on Standard for the Truth. Honored to join you, brother. We can win, brothers. We can win, but we've got to get engaged. Christ already won. That's the good news. Blessings, brother. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, we, when we come back, we'll tell you about what's on tap for the rest of the week on Stand Up For The Truth. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Oh, thank you guys for listening. The next three days, those of you who've been with us for quite some time understand that twice a year we must hold a fundraiser to raise money for this ministry for the next six months. So tomorrow, which is the 28th, 29th, and 30th, we have what's called Q-Drive. It's a a fundraiser where we get to go to you and say, we do not receive money from the government because we don't want our hands to be tied. We want to talk about whatever we think is important to talk about, biblically, creation, marriage, sexuality, uh, you know, free market, socialism, you know, freedom, whatever we want to talk about, we can because we don't take government money. So we are listener supported. That means you who are able to uh, donate, you have this opportunity tomorrow, Wednesday and Thursday. We will not be having a typical Stand Up For The Truth podcast, but we will be coming to you and saying, first of all, pray. You can do three things. You can pray, you can donate, or you can share our website, share our resources at StandUpForTheTruth.com, Q90FM.com. Share with others so they are aware that we are going to be raising money for the next three days to keep our ministry going strong. We've been here for 25 years. God is faithful, and we trust Him to continue. So thank you guys so much. God bless you, and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.